Come, let us dance like children of the night. Radio show with Bruce Hilliard today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show is yeah. brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Hey, and welcome to the Better Each Day podcast. I'm your host and bathroom buddy, Bruce Hilliard, donning my new groove into the tunes of Rube Tubin and the Rondonna's stylish yet comfy wardrobe courtesy of Freya Fashion Design and Calvin Klein Undies. It's been a year since the COVID hammer came down. People, let's remain fouching it until it's cool to take off our masks and dance like children of the night. I should take a moment and apologize to the late airing of this episode. I, under the close adherence to the state of Washington's current COVID ordinances and guidelines, performed live twice. So sorry to thousands of listeners. It's now two days late and I'm just now publishing. So back to the gig. It was a limited size mask audience and it was like a religious event. A scene from a lost Back to the Future sequel where instead of Marty McFly, Mick flying off on some wild ass overdriven amp guitar shred. Bruce Hilliard in this flick plays for an audience that hasn't heard live music ever, or at least what it was like to watch somebody in living flesh sing and not on TV. So it was sounds of a one-man guitar vocal set with occasional ad-libs and peas popping in the mic. There were long-distance hugs and even some tears. Pretty weird. A scenario you'd never think possible, and it's going to get better. I just know it. Today's guest is the very talented yet humble and happy Robbie LeBlanc. Hey Bruce, how you doing? His latest release, Double Trouble, drops April 16th. And if you like the 70s and 80s vibe, Escape Music does too. And they came to guest Robbie LeBlanc and asked if he would be the lead vocalist on their new project. Robbie said yes. They recorded the album. It's great. And here's Robbie LeBlanc to tell us about it. How you doing, Robbie? Good. Hanging in there, brother. You know, I'm going to get my, um, well, my, my mom had her uh, heart valve done and pacemaker. She went to the doctor for a checkup yesterday. She, still in rehab but we might have a chance to get her out home on friday or saturday so if that's the case then we're we're dodging a huge bullet on this one man that's cool that's so cool i was amazed to find out that mark farner's had a pacemaker for like 12 years or something like Whoa, that oh really yeah and he's like 72 now i wow. think wow but he he's in great shape though man that I know. When when I heard that, you know, it's like, yeah, man, I I can do this. I could live forever. I will live forever. (laughs) Yeah, he's still crazy on the stage and everything. You'd never know. Words of encouragement. I love that guy. Oh, man. I'm I'm playing tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your first gig, right? In a while, right? Yeah, actually, I played last Friday. That was the official one. Tonight's just, I'm not really to play there but i'm gonna do a sound check and if people hang around and listen i'll keep playing type of a thing sure yeah i'm just horny to play so i don't give a shit whatever you got you know their audience i'll play i'm with you man yeah i'm right with you play free bird play free bird (laughs) (laughs) i actually broke that and learned it after 50 years of hearing play free bird i know never played it until just recently oh i know so got that going on well, gosh, maybe we should talk about your 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 record. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in an intro for you here. Sure. Double Trouble release date is 
April 16th. And Robbie LeBlanc, I am so happy to have you. And we're both really good at talking. So this is going to be a breeze. Why, why the name Double Trouble? Bruce, actually, Khalil from Escape Music is the one that came up with the title. So I just kind of went along with it. Um, I thought that maybe Steve Overland, you know, the writer uh, on, a, uh, on all the songs, actually, with Tommy Denander, um, I thought Steve and I would do... Um, some lead vocals together, but it just didn't work out like that. So maybe I thought like double trouble, you know, would have meant a little bit more Steve Overland in there. Right. But it didn't happen the oh. way it turned out. Yeah. And you did most of the lead vocals, all the lead vocals, I believe. So uh, uh, this is like a completely uh, a solo record. Um, you'll hear some of Steve in the background. Cause like Steve had some great background vocals in there that we kept. And I just kind of added my voice to some of those but yeah it, it was really amazing um to have his songs in there with uh tommy some great 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 uh material yeah and it's got 70s 80s vibe and you sound like you're 27 and i know you're not but what what's your secret is there magic kool-aid or what are you doing man oh uh, bruce man thank you uh yeah so well i mean first of all you know, thanks for saying that again. And uh, that, that means the world to me. Right. So, um, but you know, when you get a demo, you know, uh, of a song and Steve Overland singing it, it's like, Oh my God. All right. So how the heck am I going to even get to where he's at? Right. And then maybe with the help of God, try to do some cool stuff that might sound as good. Right. So anyway, that was my sort of mantra for it. So you're kind of forced in into that situation where you're going, wow, man, this, this song is so great the way it is. You know, what the heck am I going to do to it, right? But then you kind of find yourself buried, like, in that little niche. I mean, I, I, I always think to myself, you know, what would Bobby Kimball do? Or, you know, what would Daryl Hall do in this kind of thing? Or Robert Palmer? Or, you know, you know, Mark, Mark Farner, like, whatever. And I just kind of hear a song, and I hear one of my heroes doing it, right? And I, then I think, well, let me just try, try to channel that you know, and see what happened. And that's what I, you know, that's why I, I had so much fun with this album because it had so, so many different sounding songs on it, which I love, you know, it's some real pop stuff and which is dear to my heart, you know, and I just, it, it just brings me back to a time where, you know, going down to the record store and buying vinyl and 45's your favorite songs, but it was so exciting, you know, and uh, it just really brought, brought me back there. Yeah, I, I, I had a ball with this record. It was fantastic. Like roll and thunder A shot through the heart And I need to discover What's been tearing me apart Always oh, something missing And emptiness deep inside There's a hole in my existence
It does. It takes me back to the breaking open the the cellophane off the vinyl and taking it out and calling your buddies up and saying, "Come on over, yeah, this is, yeah. yeah, yeah." But I mean, even the artwork—it's everything's artistic, creative, and thought through, and everything. And I, I don't see a lot of that anymore. I might be sounding like my dad, but uh, right. yeah, wow, it's just—it's awesome. Yeah. And it's got your name up there, Robbie LeBlanc, and it's huge. Who did the artwork? Oh, you know, oh my God, I'm going to blow his name, but someone at, at Escape Records that Khalil loves. And I'm so sorry, brother. I don't know the person's name at this point. So showing my age on that one. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, not a problem. It's a Van Gogh. He, he cut his ear off right afterwards, and now it's single trouble. Right, exactly. <laughs> God, I'm funny. Talk to my writers. That was bad. The, uh, the only human track, so where I kind of went with that one, it, it's so powerful that the only, I don't know why Jimmy Jameson's popped into my head. Right. So I, I didn't really, really think it, but then I said, wow, you know, this is really going in, in that survivor Jimmy Jameson head space. So that's where I was on that one, you know? And I think in the pre-choruses, like if you really close your eyes, you could hear that I'm just trying to imitate them. Like, to be honest with you. Right. And it was like, and I just have so much fun, like trying to sound like Jimmy, because he's, he's such a great singer. And um, so that that that's where I was on that one. Um, I I would think um, one that stands out with you know is never let a good thing go. Very poppy, but very very fun. I, I love the chorus of that one. I was kind of thinking like you know in that one like maybe like a Bobby Kimball sort of thing. You know, in my head is Bo- Bobby from Toto. Uh, you know, one of my favorite singers of all time, right?
Yeah, and then we had the ballad um, Pure, which was almost like a Hall & Oates, kind of like She's Gone sort of vibe, right? So immediately when I heard, boom, boom, da 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 ba 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 da you know, yeah. the world search thing in there, immediately yeah. think of Daryl Hall, right? So that Daryl Hall's in my head, right?
second tune. Um, oh my God, the uh, sort of like Robert Pom- uh, Palmer thing. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, you know what? You might want to it, it, edit this part out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember oh the God. name of this song. You know, I've written songs and people will they'll know the title and stuff, and I can't even remember. Oh, oh yeah. Or you, you pull out an old song list. And oh God, I forgot about that song. Yeah, it's just I, I understand okay. what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, my I I got 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 my mind back. So you can put the edit button in here. We can start it here. Um, <laughs> no. The one other one that I like a real lot is uh, "Start the Motor Running." You know, which is song number two on the yeah, disc, yeah. and that, okay. that's really got that kind of like Robert Palmer sort of you know, you might as well face it, you're addicted to love, like sort of vibe to it. And that was yeah. a lot of fun singing that one too. Yeah. Just 
Start it up. You know, you never sound like anybody but Robbie LeBlanc to me, so you can say all you want about emulating somebody <laughs> else. But I, unless you're unless you're Rich Little or you know one of those guys that right. just does nothing but impersonations, it's hard to to sound like Sammy Davis Jr. or something. You know? Oh yeah. Oh man. And it's yeah. even harder to look like him. Yes, it is. <laughs> but man, what you know? I, I, not to go off on Sammy Davis or anything, but have you ever? <laughs> That's cool. See, you know seen the video of him like playing the drums yeah i mean he was like a monster drummer you know monster singer uh, monster vibe like he played the vibes right i oh, mean unbelievable musician this guy and dance <laughs> and act i i i actually was just watching an old rerun of wild wild west you know with robert con conrad and yeah, uh yeah. i love that show sammy yeah. yeah man sammy D davis was in it and he played a great part in this show hell of an actor it's amazing. Like the guy, no limits to his talent. Riding horses like he was locked up in a thing. And he was just a great actor, you know, very believable. Yeah, he was great, man. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty cool. You know, uh, back to emulating people, when, um, and this came directly from John Oates, he said he had the She's Gone kind of figured out and stuff, but it sounded like Wild World by Cat Stevens. Right, go figure. Right. I can't, I can't, I try to make it sound like that in my head and I can't. It sounds like she's gone to me. It sounds like a, a Motown yeah. song, if anything, to me. But yeah, yeah she, it, does. it doesn't sound like Cat Stevens. So they kind of reworked it and it ended up sounding like it does. But I'm like, no, I don't think you should ever feel like you're just, unless you're just outright stealing, you know. Uh, you're never really going to sure. be able to copy somebody and, and pull it off. You know, when they first listen to your stuff, they'll, they're they going to say, you sound like this or you sound like, just because that's how they want to associate you, you know, but sure, they're not really, yeah, yeah. And once you get over that, uh, no, they didn't mean, really mean I, I sing like Bob Dylan, because that's what I get. And I'm like, I don't want to sound like Bob Dylan, please, <laughs> no, dear God. And they say Tom Petty. And I, okay, I can do Tom Petty, I guess, but yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to sound like Art Garfunkel or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, no, what I say is Whitney Houston, but that doesn't right, work Right, right. Uh, like a male Whitney Houston. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sells some tickets. <laughs> well, that, you know, that, that actually was probably done with Mickey Thomas, right? You know, from Starship. I mean, like in Mickey's heyday, man. Man, that guy sang like a bird. I, I, I just saw this live video on YouTube the other day of them doing Jane live. Right. And Oh my God, man, the dude was like effortless singer. I mean, he was hitting all those high notes with like, and wasn't even like sweating. Right. He was just up there cool as a cat, you know, and, and he was just singing and all those high notes. He, he was a brilliant singer, Mickey Thomas. Right. Absolutely. Did, did you have formal training in any sort of music uh, and especially vocals? Because it, it sounds like, yeah, it just, you open your mouth and it comes out like that. Oh man. Well, Bruce, again, like, thanks for saying that. But yeah, you know what, when I was, um, I was about 30 years old. It's, it's when we were recording at a Michael Bolton's house for a while, you know, Michael was extremely kind to my brother and I, when he was in his big, um, you know, Michael's having some hit records back when I was in my, you know, like 30, 34 year old range. And, um, he had a great, great studio uh, where he still lives actually. So when I was, um, about 30, 32 years old, a little later on in life, I got to study with this gal in New York City. Her name was Katie Agresta, and uh, she's still teaching, actually. But she was Phoebe Snow's vocal coach and Bon Jovi and a bunch of different people. I mean, she was actually on call 
for Bon Jovi back in the day when he would, you know, drink a lot. And she would have to fly out to London, like to get his voice back and stuff. So she really, at a little bit of a later stage in my life, you know, in, in my early 30s, I got to study with her for about a year. And she taught me some really cool things. And um, I really think, you know, that being 61 years old at this moment, um, that she saved my voice, you know, from ruin. Um, because, you know, if you smoke, if you drink, if you don't exercise and all these things that could really kill your voice. That, that's what she taught me pretty, you know, relatively early on. So, yeah, and I don't really do a lot of it. I mean, I, I drink wine. I'm in the wine business still, but I don't drink a lot of it. But, um, no, she's really, really saved me. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you really should study with a great teacher for about a good six to 12 months because, it, it, you know, it's going to change your life. It, it, it really will. I should do that. I should take heed to your wisdom. And, and do that. It's one of those things. And it's never, I never too took... late, man. It's never too late, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, gosh, I just feel so young, really. It's stupid. I I had a, a kind of a bad marriage through my, you know, 30s, 40s type period. I feel like I missed that period of my life. And now I'm 65. And I'm like, I really relate well with people in that age group now. It's like, I want that part of my life back, you know, kind of a thing. I know you can't <laughs> do it, but... But yeah, so I, I plan on continuing playing. But th- this is a good segue into into the wine business. What exactly do you do with the wine business? Oh man, um, I've been in the wine business for twenty years. I first started working for a broker, selling some smaller brands, and at the end of that tenure, there launched a brand called Costa Brown, which went on to be a Wine Spectator, you know, huge, I, I, I think number one winery of the year. But then. Um, I've been with the Bogle family, uh, B-O-G-L-E, uh, Bogle Vineyards for 16 years and, uh, I'm their Northeast regional manager. Yeah. So I have 10 different States that I work in and, um, you know, just make sure all, all of our distributors are selling our stuff and, you know, growing our brand and promoting it and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. You still find time to record and, and write. Yeah. And all that, well, that stuff. Wow. Bruce, you know how it is, man. I mean, you know, it, it's like, thank God a lot of it can be done right in your own home. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have some great gear here in the house, you know, some nice mics, some nice preamps and compressors and all that. So when I get tracks sent in, you know, say from Escape Records in London, um, I just put it up up in my system here and I sing everything here and upload it to Dropbox. And um, yeah, it's, I, I pretty much record at night if I'm up to it, like during the week and Weekend, yeah. So it, it usually go, goes pretty quick. Maybe I can break this into two episodes too. I don't know, but yeah. oh man, I I hope I'm worth it. <laughs> I'm you are. You are. The one. <laughs> you're, you're you're my favorite. I feel like I've known you for years, and you know. Oh, I uh, love it. Thanks, man. Same back. Uh, you you click well, and I I can see why you do well in the business you're in too. Uh, ah, right you're, you're personable. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and fun to be around. Those are the best compliments I think you can get. Thank you. So how much of it was done with you actually in the same room with the other musicians? Absolutely none of it. (laughs) That's what I thought. Totally Uh, on my own, brother. Yeah, and I'm my own worst critic, right? So you can imagine, you know, I I always try to build songs up, you know, and just, just keep them going and going and going. I'm my own worst critic, so I'm really hard on myself because I, uh, when I give a final vocal in, I don't have a producer doing it. I, I, I kind of produce myself. And I always remember David Page from Toto saying to me that, you know, he was always hard on like the vocal 
part of it when Toto went to record vocals, he was very, very hard on like uh, uh, vocals. And I say, well, well, why? Because man, you got to have the vocal right, you know. And it's like just you, you keep listening, you keep trying to build it and build it, you know. And he was right, you know. And he told me this probably 20 years ago, and I really, really took it to heart. Like when he told me that, because I mean, God, Peach, one of the great songwriters uh, oh, of yeah. our time, right? And then. And I love his I, I love his voice actually. So his voice, you know, I mean, wasn't one of those high voices like Bobby had or something, but you know, that that's what made Paige's voice so great. It was so unique, you know. And um yeah, I mean just an amazing writer. So but you know, when he tells you something about how they do something, I'm sold already, right? Yeah. So I'm my own worst critic with vocals. Oh yeah. So for the listeners, when you record your vocal what they're hearing is you in an empty room by yourself, right? Yeah. So I have my headphones on and I've got the track running through my studio and I've got my headphones on and I'm just in there with the, you know, lyric sheet and my, you know, microphone and, you know, and all that kind of thing. And I'm just doing it. Yeah. And uh, I'll take about three or four takes on a song. And if it sounded pretty good, like I could do it, then I'll proceed, you know, and, you know, get that magical take. If not, I'll, I'll take, sort of the best bit from all the takes, you know, and do uh, what they call in the business of final comp. So I'll take the best bits from take one, two, and three, and, you know, put it like into one yeah. sort of final comp and then play, play that back. And if anything's lacking there, I'll try to punch in something there. But uh, as far as any tuning of vocals go, I don't like to do any of that. So like, if I'm not hitting the vocal spot on, I usually don't run it through a tuner because I don't even know how to do that. So when I give a vocal in, I, I pretty much have to be on pitch and all that kind of thing, you know, or I'll just sing it till I get it right. You know? Yeah. They sound perfect to me, but yeah. Is is there such a thing as a perfect vocal though? I don't know if you ever reached that point of euphoria. Wow. You know, man, I don't know. You know, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, really truth be told, I can't even stand to listen to my own record. I mean, when I play it back and everything, I go, yes. ah, 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 you know, you, well, I could have done that differently or that line should have been, you know. So, I mean, once in a while, like I'll play something back and go, ah, that's pretty good. You know, it's how, a pretty decent track or whatever, you know. How, how about this? If it's a recording you made like 20 years ago and you kind of forgot about it and it comes on, and yeah. you don't know who it is, then you kind of like it. I've done that. It's like, this guy's all right. Oh, it's me. And then I start criticizing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, luckily, I, I think when I listen to some older things that I've done back about 20 years ago, I go, oh, wow, I sounded so much younger then. But, you know, you kind of progress as a singer, you know, I, I, I mean, hopefully like in the positive direction. And uh, and I would rather, you know, have a crack at singing the old stuff again now like to see how it would sound. Right. Because, I mean, thank God, I think I could hit all the high notes still. I, I bet you can. I, oh, you get you're yeah, getting up there I, on this record. On <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. I, I was really energized with this record. It, it was just a breath of fresh air to sing. Like, all the songs were all completely different, right? And it was just, like, so much fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, thanks, Bruce. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be on your show as usual. You and I could talk for hours, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and should, yeah. Well, maybe we'll cross paths somewhere down the road. Hopefully this COVID thing will, will run its course and we'll be back to normal and... Well, I'll be having a good time. I'm very optimistic about 
what's going to come about. I think a lot of people oh spend a lot of time writing and, and doing things they normally wouldn't do because they couldn't go out and, and waste the time they normally waste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I, really funny on how that's worked, man. You know, you, you know you're right on spot on that one. I, I, I really think that, you know, like you said, yeah, remaining optimistic and when things do open up again, I, I think people are going to appreciate their freedoms much more than they have in the past. Really will. Yeah. Well, I thank you for your time and uh, Double Trouble's coming out and Bogle Wine rocks. You're the best. Uh, Bruce, thanks for having me, man. And I definitely w will see you someday and we'll, we'll have a, a great bottle of our Petite Syrah together. All right. Que Syrah Syrah. Que Syrah Syrah, brother. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> okay, bud. Pe All peace right. and love to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Make a better stay in heaven Listening to the Better Each Day Podcast Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>